Good morning and welcome to Faith in the Morning. Something good is going to happen to you today, so expect miracles. Thank you for starting your day with me. Faith in the Morning exists to help you start your day with faith and encouragement. This week, we're shifting back to hustling like Jesus, and we're sharing a clip from the series I did a couple years ago called Beach Life, Life on Vacation. Enjoy the message. Hear from God. He has plans for your life, and he wants you to experience the rest he has for you. Jesus says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. So let's break this verse down a little bit. Take. You have a choice whether you take it or not. Jesus is not saying, I'll give you my yoke. He says, you take my yoke. This is not automatic. And this should let, also should let you know you can take it one day and not take it the next. You can take his yoke on Sunday, but on Monday you can leave it alone and do your own thing. This is up to you. It's not automatic. It is a choice you make every day and throughout the day. Because you could take it in the morning and then someone ticks you off at the office and throw it off. It's your choice. It's your decision. A lot of times we want to blame God. Well, God didn't do this for me. It has nothing to do with God. God already did everything. It's you. Well, if the devil really tried me today, it may not have been him. It might have just been you. <laughs> one of the greatest things and one of the first things God gave humanity was choice. What will you do with your choice when it comes to taking upon the yoke of Jesus? Now, notice he called it my yoke. This should let you know a couple different things. Oxen were yoked together, Right? Right? It's not, yeah. not a deep question. Kurt, I'm going to have you use this example. Help me with this example. So look what Jesus is implying here. He is with you. Because it can't, you can't be yoked together, and he's right here, and I'm all the way over here. If you're yoked with Jesus, he's with you. He's close to you. And see, I'm going to use Kurt because, you know, he's super strong and I always tell him I'm going to mess with him one day from the pulpit that he does like 5,000 push-ups a day, something like that. No, no? okay. <laughs> trying to get to your level. Trying to get to your level, man. So we're yoked together. Jesus is saying, I'm yoked with you. Take my yoke, and I'll be right there with you. But also, number two, he's saying, work with me. He's saying, you do it by yourself. He's saying, work with me. We'll do this together. We'll be yoked together. I'll help you every day. Not just on the deep spiritual things, but everything that is individual in your life. All the small things that you don't think really matter to God. It matters to God because it matters to you. So Jesus is saying, I'm with you. Work with me, and we'll get it done together. Because Jesus says you can't do anything by yourself. Because anything you do by yourself, Jesus said, and John will turn out to be nothing. So work with me. So one of the things about being yoked, the issue is if one oxen is strong and the other is weak, the harm doesn't go to the weak oxen. It goes to the strong oxen. That's why the Bible says don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers. That's why you have no business dating unbelievers. Because what's going to happen is the harm's not coming to the unbeliever. It's coming to the believer. There shouldn't be any missionary dating in your life. I'm going to win them to Jesus. Yeah, right. They're going to win you to hell, but that's another message. 
Hold on a second. Look, look, dating seriously. How many women have said, well, he'll come to church after we get married. You know, he'll eventually do this. He'll eventually do that. 50 years. He still ain't there. If God can't change a man, why do you think you can? <laughs> Don't get yoked with people you ain't supposed to be with. Well, what if I end up alone? At least you won't end up with crazy. Being alone in peace is better than being with someone who is a child of hell. <laughs> you have to learn how to be okay by yourself. Because a lot of people say, I'm looking for my better half. Oh, so you're broken? You're not complete? So you're looking for another half. So you say, I'm looking for another broken person. Let's go be broke together. Let's go have issues together. You know, I saw this meme that's going around. It says, you know, marry someone who you can break generational curses with together. Why don't you break them before you get married? Why are you trying to jump into drama? How about you handle the drama before you jump in? See, a lot of things sound good. They sound popular, but they're crazy when you break it down. That he said, well, he, he's spiritual. Demons are spirits too. We need a little bit more clarification. Well, he lifted his hand at church. They lift hands at Jay-Z concerts, so we need a little bit more. That means you got to watch somebody's life over a period of time. But if you're always sleeping with them and having sex with them, you can't see what he's actually doing. Because you're blind. You need to take some time and watch his life. Watch her life. Pay attention how they act. How do they treat others? How do they treat their parents? They have kids, how they treat their kids? How do they treat their siblings? Watch them under pressure. Watch how they handle when they have extra money come in. Watch what happens to that money. Let's say they get their refund check come in. Watch how long it lasts. <laughs> oh, y'all don't want me to go there. Because some people are refund check ballers. They broke one day. That check gets there. They're living on top of the world. And one week later, they broke again. Because the thing is, people like, well, they're going to manage money better once we get married because I'm going to help them. You just be frustrated. So you watch spending habits. And before you get married, you should know their credit score. That's not romantic, but it'll save you a headache. <laughs> These are things you need to look at and know. That means you need to take time while you date. There's some questions you need to ask. And if you don't have the answer, that means you need to take some time and think about it and have an answer. Don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers or fake Christians. I'm not talking about believers who struggle. I'm talking about believers who just behave badly because that's what they want to do. Believers, as we hear, talk about in 1130, who are sowing the wrong seeds so they reap the wrong harvest. People are like, well, why does bad things happen to good people? Good people sow bad seed. See, the justice of God is seed time and harvest. What you sow, you will reap. So don't hook yourself up to someone who's always sowing bad seed. You're going to share a harvest. Because it means once you get married, you're one. So you've signed up with whatever you sow. I'm ready to reap, reap with you. Be careful who you hook up with. Well, 
You know, that must have been for someone on the internet who just happened to tune by. No one in here, I know. Just look forward, shout amen. No one knows that it hit you right where you are. It's like, well, pastor stepped on my toes. Pull your feet back in. So anywho, Jesus said, work with me. And so when you're unequally yoked, the strong one takes the pain. Even in some situations, it can kill the strong oxen. See, I'm back on it, but... That's why there are people who start out strong Christians, they date the wrong person, marry the wrong person, their spiritual life gets killed. But in the case of us and Jesus, Jesus is the strong one. We are the weak ones. But Jesus already died for you and got back up again. Nothing's killing him again. Death has no more power over him. So although you're the weak one connected to the strong one, because of who you're connected with, the weak can say, I'm strong. The poor can say, I'm rich. Why? Who I'm connected with, who I'm working with, who I'm walking with. It's not me by myself. It's not my strength. It's not my energy. It is the strength. It is the power of the Almighty God who I'm hooked up with, who I'm yoked with. He says, let's do this thing together. Thanks, Nick. So understand, you are hooked up with Jesus. You're yoked with Jesus. 1 Corinthians 6 says you're one spirit with Jesus. That's why you're not supposed to be sleeping around. It says, how are you making the body of Christ members of a hoe? First Corinthians chapter 6, y'all got to read the Bible. <laughs> oh, Lord, have mercy. <laughs> so work with Jesus. Let Jesus be involved with the everyday life. Notice the next phrase Jesus said in this verse. Learn of me. Jesus is with you, and he wants to teach you. See, John 14, 25 and 26 says, These things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you, but the Comforter, who is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatever I said to you. So through the ministry of the Holy Spirit, Jesus is teaching you in everyday life. But one of the things the Holy Spirit also does, he reminds you anything Jesus said to you. So Jesus says, learn of me. So Jesus is about to share his way of living, and if we live that way, we will experience rest for our souls, which is our mind, our will, and the control center of our emotions. So Jesus says, the first part, I am meek. First, we'll start here. Meekness is not weakness. It's strength under control. Greek scholar Reverend Rick Renner defines the Greek word for meekness as the attitude or demeanor of a person who is forbearing, patient, and slow to respond in anger. It is one who remains in control of himself in the face of insults or injuries. You don't just lose it because someone said something bad about you. You don't lose it just because someone's tweeted something or subtweeted about you. You control yourself. You control your emotions. Reverend Renner shares that in the Greek language, the word conveys the idea of a high and noble ideal to be aspired to in one's life. Although an injurious situation may normally produce a rash or angry outburst, a meek person is controlled by kindness, gentleness, mildness, or even friendliness. This word for meekness pictures a strong-willed person who has learned to submit his will to a higher authority. He isn't weak, he's controlled. In rare instances, this word was used to describe wild animals that had become tame because it correctly conveyed the idea of a wild, fierce will 
under control. So Jesus says, learn of me, I am meek. I have my emotions in control. I have submitted my emotions and my will to a higher authority. I've learned not to respond just because someone says something bad about me. I learned not to burst out in anger just because a situation didn't go my way. He says, I am meek. Then he says, lowly in heart means humble. Biblical humility is thinking of yourself as God thinks about you. As Paul says, you're not supposed to think of yourself more highly than you ought. This doesn't mean you're not supposed to think of yourself highly. This is not more highly than you ought. Well, what's highly than I ought when you're looking down on somebody else? The only time you look down on someone is you're helping them up. So you should think highly of yourself, but not in a way that causes you to look down on others. Biblical humility is thinking about yourself as God thinks about you. You are fearfully, wonderfully made. You are anointed. You are blessed. You are highly favored. You are graced. You are strong in the Lord and the power of his might. That's biblical humility, thinking of yourself that way. But also, it's an accurate portrayal of yourself. See, a lot of times, we judge ourselves by our intent and judge others by their actions. I'll say that again. A lot of times... We judge ourselves by what we intended to do, but we judge others for what they actually did, so this unrighteous judgment on our part. See, I thought this was next week or later on. See, you have to be careful who you judge, because however you judge will be judged back to you. Let's say this. this is the most political thing I think I'm going to say today. I don't care what the president says. Watch your mouth, because you could say, well, I can't believe he tweeted that. That's unpresidential. I'm sure you tweeted to said some stuff <laughs> that you don't want other people to respond to. So what you do when you judge anybody, the president or anybody else, about what they do unrighteously, what is unrighteous judgment? Holding someone to one standard you won't hold yourself to. You've opened the door for someone to come and judge you. Because Satan is legalistic. He's like, oh, they judge someone unrighteously. I'm coming for them. And you wonder why all these haters show up in your life. You opened your mouth. Keep it shut. You don't have to comment on everything. Even though it's a social media age and say comment, post, you don't got to comment on anything and everything. Some of you just need to comment stuff to Jesus. You know, I've seen some stuff, uh, different political officials, they tweet or post, and I'll look at it. And you know, there's times like, you know what, that is just so stupid. I remember one time specifically, I looked at it, and I'm like, Jesus, you see this? I'm just taking this straight to you. I'm just pointing it right up there. You don't have to respond to everything and share your opinion with everybody. Everybody doesn't need to know your opinion. Opinions are like butts. Everybody's got one. Watch how you judge. Because the same way you judge, Jesus said, you will be judged. Amen. I'm going to stop that clip right there. If you want to watch the full thing, you can see it on our Faith Plus app. This series is called Beach Life, Life on Vacation. Thank you for starting your day with me. If you haven't already, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Spotify, or YouTube. Love you so much, and I'll see you tomorrow on Faith in the Morning.